Take that, you square! <laughs> It's May 25th, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 99. And with one card left in my deck, I'm Abel Kirby. And shining my shack, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> Shine that shack, baby. Wax on, wax on. Uh, that's what uh, I always say. Shining it so good. <laughs> All right, that's too good. <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, boy, where'd you learn to shine like that? They teach you how to shine like that in school these days? <laughs> God. 99. Well, you know. Yeah. The the one before 100. The penultimate, even. and Well, that would... Penultimate only if next episodes are last. And I sure hope that's not the case. <laughs> uh, I hope so, too. This has been a... Well, let's not pre-celebrate. I don't want to pre-celebrate. I want to do a normal episode today with no surprise parties, nothing. I don't want any, any shocks. I don't want any... Uh, no one jumping out of closets at me. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. When have we ever done a normal episode? <laughs> We've never done a normal episode. No, this has never happened. Hey, what you got there? Haritos! Da -da 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 -da. Guava flavor. Guava flavor. Yeah, maybe in maybe in the next hundred episodes we'll, we'll get a jingle for the Haritos. I got a Budweiser. That's my uh, my standby these days. Mm. Well, at least one of us has alcohol. <laughs> yep. Oh man, we got a lot of. Did you get my new updated show notes? I I uh, I had one of these losses where the uh, uh, version conflict on different computers caused a premature overwrite and uh, reverted my notes to an earlier version. But I've unreverted them since. I just wanted to check. Well, I see I see Disco Ducks and uh, and uh, chimps on posters and. Hot babes with vegetables. Yes, that so, is, is that right. That is a good check. Yes, I'm missing one of those stories still, but we'll we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll get through it. I think. Well, we still yeah, we still got plenty of shit to cover. So. Yeah. What do you have for your load? What do you have in that uh? What do you have in that clip ready to fire off? What do I have? Well, I've got uh, I've got us going back to 1977. I've got some internet history. I've got, uh, what else do I got? Oh, yeah, I got trash. <laughs> what, do you want to hit me with something quick, and then we'll do the uh, the donation? We gotta have a foreplay segment, you know? Oh, yeah. Let's do a quick Well, segment. how about the annoying commercials? That yeah. That's not really a thing that I was gonna, I was gonna cover as a show point, but so, yeah. 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Uh, yeah, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Yeah, uh, Shine, which is another franchise from the same company, Cars for Kids, those those commercials all make me want to punch babies. Uh, they're terrible. They're so annoying, and I can't even tell which one's more annoying than the others. Yeah, there's there's been a couple good ones out there. The one I, I always think of as one of the worst commercials ever is Head On. Have you ever Apply heard directly to the forehead. Yes, Head On, Apply Direct. And it's this, this commercial, if you haven't heard it, they just say the slogan... Um, pretty close to a dozen times in a 30 second or a one minute, uh, ad spot. And so it's just footage of people. It's basically like a deodorant stick, except it has, I don't know, menthol or something. Except know, it's cool for and, your forehead instead of your armpits. It's for your headache and you can rub a topical ointment on. 
with this. It, it looks like a deodorant uh, stick is what it looks like to me. But then the commercials just head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. They just repeat it over and over and over. <laughs> so, you know, you know what it is? I, I know. I know why. Because they're trying to give people a headache so they'll go out and buy uh, it and use it whenever the commercial comes on. Yes, it's like the candy at the dentist office. It's a trap. Very clever marketing. <laughs> uh, now, on the uh, other hand, like, the Cars for Kids jingle and the little kids singing, it's just really annoying. But the Got Junk commercial and the Shine commercial, well, I found out today that the, that the company that actually owns those brands is a Canadian company. And now, now, like, the horrible cheeriness of those commercials makes so much more sense. Hmm. Can you describe the Got Junk commercial? I'm familiar with everything except that one on the little list here. Oh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of them, and they just... Oh, hold on. Let me, let me see. Well, I, I don't um, want you to play it. I want you to sing it. What's it sound like? Is it no, a song? No, it's not... No, it's not. There's no song or jingle or anything like that. It's not like uh, it's the it's the president of the company and some chick talking back and forth with really happy voices, and they're so happy it makes you want to hit things. Got junk? Is there a slogan or is it just people being annoying? Maybe they're counting on, uh, maybe they're counting on, you know, estate sales or something like that. It sounds like where you'd get most of your business if you were one of these companies. Evictions and go. estate sales. So maybe they're counting Hold on you on committing a, a crime. I'm Brian from 1-800-GOT-JUNK. This is my main man, Tom, and my other main man, Tom. You never know how much junk you've got until you move. Point to something you wish would disappear. Would it be possible to... It's gone! All you have to do is point. Oh, and yeah, Lord. it's like that that little chilling and a fairy dust sort of effect in the in the YouTube video commercials. And God, like it's so annoying. We, and they keep using that little chilling sound constantly through it. And I just want to hit things <laughs> like like right now. The blood vessels are popping out of my scalp. It's part of the plan, man. They want you to. And yes, the, the, the background music for it is like just. So sugary. Yeah, the whistling. Don't you fucking start. <laughs> God damn it. It's bad enough I have to hear those commercials every time I drive to or from the station. Man, we got to get, uh, you know, there's a thing that you can listen to in your car when you're driving instead of the FM radio. It's called a podcast. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, but the problem is driving, driving to and from the station it's only a 10 minute drive. So most of the podcasts I listen to, I wouldn't be able to get anything out of them. Mm, I, I need see. like, you need, you, I need like bite sized podcasts. Uh, hmm. I wonder if we could do something about that bite sized podcast. Did they have a really bad, um, I think it was, was it Stitcher or was it, um, Maybe it was Spotify. They had a um, little marketing thing where they had, oh, it's like little bite-sized stories, little five-minute listens. And though they completely flopped. This was a thing maybe two, maybe four years ago, somewhere around that time frame. They were heavily marketing it. It was just another one of these bad ventures that never went anywhere. <laughs> but the uh, the idea well, there's, was there's that. This thing. There's this thing with, uh, with podcasting 2.0 where you get like the little clips, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe we can do something. Like, uh, you nailed it. 
You nailed it. I nailed it, baby. Yay! <laughs> yeah, so, like, if, if people just, you know, just, like, take, like, a two-minute clip of John C. Dvorak ranting about something out of an episode of No Agenda, I can, I can listen to a bunch of those during, uh, during my drive. I think there's something there. We got to get the chapters rolling on our podcasting 2.0. And uh, I've got the chapter data. I must have mentioned that a lot, a number of times now. So I actually have structured data for chapters for the last maybe 10 rare encounters. Uh, Maybe, maybe excusing the ones on the road. I didn't take uh, good stomps of those. But every time I use a stomp now, it becomes a chapter entry. And so I'm stomping on things that aren't exactly chapters um, or not not exactly traditional stomps, I should say. And uh, so I have the database. I'm saving them with all the files now. So we can, w- so when we get that technology, you need to, you we can need load to figure it out. Yeah. If you can figure out the exporter for turning those into the chapters files, that would be a big kicking my ass to actually get that uh, added into podcast generator. Yeah, it's a Python script away. Well, I guess we'll have it in a year from now. <laughs> yeah, that's the pace I work at, baby. One year in a Python script. <laughs> I give it I could be stranded on a desert island and still to if I had to get a Python script to uh, to start the boat to get off, it'd take me a year. That's Servo how I work. has a good question for you in the chat. Can you modify the stop with control or something to get a chapter versus ISO? Um, yeah, that's trivial. Yeah, let's, yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of you getting another pedal and like double footing it. Double. F- this has been discussed before. Cotton Gin wants me to get this MIDI controller. That's a, uh, it's like the foot pedals for an organ, like a cathedral organ where it's, it's got like an octave and a half of the regular, you know, keys that you would play all those. They're called uh, stops, the low, low frequency, the bass organ stops you play with the pedals. And uh, I could put that under and then I'd have, I guess, 12 to 12 to 16 uh, different, different things to hit, you know? I could be done. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Ah, uh, well. And then whenever you're not podcasting, you can always just, when you're sitting at your desk... Pretending to be Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. That's a that is a fun idea. I love uh, I love these cathedral organs, the old ones, and we need to revisit that. I'm gonna put that on my to do list. We did organ stops once, and I want to do it again with our new flavor. Uh, but just pa- with fewer Furbies this time, please. <laughs> yes, with fewer Furbies. We have uh, some other podcasting 2.0 stuff we do on the show. We, of course, have rareencounter.net, which is our homepage. You can go and check out our show and uh, find the RSS feed. You can join us in the chat at IRC. Um, why am I spacing on the net? I almost said Ryzen about four times. IRC.zeronode.net, uh, the room's Rare Encounter. And you can chat with us live. Uh, we read some of those things uh, on the air sometimes. It depends on what you say. We also have a live tag, which a couple apps are picking up now out of our RSS feed. The uh, the main one was CurioCaster for a long time. And there's, is it Podverse now supports live tag? Is that true? I don't know. <laughs> so there's a uh, there's a couple different ways that you can get on there and you could boost the live item. I think before you even start, uh, there's some upcoming show stuff worked in that I don't know how how mature that is on our technology base, but it's uh, 
if, if it's not there yet, I have the feeling it'll come in the next hundred episodes. And uh, the other way you can talk to us on the show is you can send us a boostagram. If you send a boostagram before the show, well, we read it right up at the top of the show, uh, right at the beginning. And uh, well, not exactly at the beginning, but uh, we have a few minutes in. I mean, we should get to that once you're done with this. We're in the uh, we're in the section of the rundown called the foreplay. That's what we're doing, though. And uh, well, why don't we just jump to that? I think we got some boostagrams before the show and uh, some people. Yeah, we to got thank. A, we got a bunch of boosts. So I'm going to start off by just stating who our who our executive producer is for this episode before I actually read out all the boosts. And that is Carolyn Blaney, who came in with uh, Niner 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 plus 8888 sats, which adds up to something. What does it add up to? Just pop and open it. 18,887 sats. Yeah, I think she had another 999 in there. So there's a, there's a quad nines. And then no, nope, nope. That's all I'm. That's all I'm seeing in there. There's the quad nines from her, and there's quad eights from her. The other nine 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 sat boosts are from others. Oh, I see. Yeah. So anyway, going through our boosts in chronological order, our first one is from Servo, who sent us fifty five fifty five sats. I'm, I'm seeing this trend here of multiples of 1,111, and he said, hi. Hi. Hi, Servo. Hi, Servo. How's it going? How's it hanging, buddy? Then we got Niner 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 Sats from Sir Spencer, who says he's lubing up for that 100th episode. Okay. Which means we are probably going to get an audio clip from him for next week. Oh, boy. Yes, you remember you remember episode fifty, don't you? Yeah, uh, it's burned in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> then we got the niner 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 from Carolyn, and she said, "Boosting the live tag for warmth and for all those nines for those sixes. Break a leg, your executive producer Carolyn Blaney." So, and this time she was right. So I have I have something to add here. Uh, there's a boost that you didn't get. Oh. And I'm seeing it right here, and it's a three 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 sats for rare encounter. And this came in right between Servo and Sir Spencer from Fountain, and it's from DeLorean. And I think she oh. beat out Carolyn Blaney. She did then. <laughs> so that this, must have that must have been sent when the power was down. This was uh, about sixteen hours ago. It says so. It could have been. I think so. I don't know. I guess 16 hours ago. No, 16 hours ago. The power was up. Hmm. Well, something happened. Now, I know uh, Dame DeLorean's been talking about the problem she's been having with uh, with uh, Fountain.fm. And so this might be part of that. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that doesn't seem to be working right. But I have it right in front of me. I have the uh, the highest uh, highest booster gram here. looks like it's Dame DeLorean to me by uh, quite a bit. All right, well, what does she say? She says, da, 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 99 rare encounters on the wall. Woohoo! That's what she says. Nice. Scooped like Hagen Dazs, says Carblades. That's two, two weeks in a row. Twice! Twice now! Damn! <laughs> and this is highlighting uh, some something that we need to think about for technology is my helipad window and your helipad window seem to get out of sync once in a while. We gotta, we gotta take care of that. Um, yeah. Now, now, if it if it that if it had come in 
like Saturday, right? If it come in like Saturday afternoon, it would make a lot more sense because uh, from from the time the storm hit around here to the time I got home from the cottage, the node was locked because, well, when it loses power and has to start back up again, it starts up locked. Mm -hmm. Mine does too. So nothing would have been coming in then, which, if you ask me, is a... Uh, is a problem with lightning. If your node's if your node's not running, you can't get uh, you can't get anything. There's no there's no storing. There's no mempool like there is with uh, regular Bitcoin transactions. Yes, that's it. Well, uh, we thank. I guess we thank uh, Dave Delorean for that very generous yeah. boost, and Carolyn Blaney for the uh, the second attempt. That's two strikes. Uh oh. We got yeah. to be Sir, careful Sir here. Spencer says auto unlock, but auto unlock doesn't work when you don't have power to the house or the network connection is down for similar reasons. And of course, Boobery also had his, uh, his, his sats in nine or nine or thanks Boobery and Servo. How's it going? Yeah. 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 The, the, the quadruple nines from Boobery was nine or niner German fashion at that. Mm hmm. We have, and then, yeah, the last one I see here is from Carolyn, is the quadruple eights, and she says, lucky eights for our upcoming NA Rare Hog meetup. And uh, I'll have some mention of that uh, uh, once we get through this stuff. Okay. I just want to wanna, wanna say, like, for somebody, for somebody who lives in, like, tornado country, Sir Spencer should understand, like, the sort of shit that happens when a tornado goes through. Yes, yeah, like it happened, like happened here uh, on Saturday. <laughs> there, there's still there's still tens of thousands of people without power and who might not have power again until some point next week. Mm. Yeah, it was a huge, it was a huge, big fucking storm, knocked out power at least temporarily for pretty much all of southern Ontario. Well. I heard a tornado siren today in uh, Columbus area. It was just going off. We don't. We up. don't have tornado sirens. The government gives us a uh, automated message, and then uh, and then the tornado hits and sweeps you away like a like a dairy cow in a old thirties movie. Well, that's pretty good actually. If the if the warning gets to you before the tornado, because it sounds like the way <laughs> things go here is the tornado comes, knocks all your shit down, and then you get a message an hour later says, "Hey, take cover." They signed the government. <laughs> that's that's what they Thanks, say. Thanks, government. <laughs> signed the weatherman, you know? It's Yeah. <laughs> but uh it's kind of it was a little unnerving i've never been in an area that actually had those sirens that were going off all the time and so i was like wait a minute is that is that what i think it is i had to go ask someone for clarification <laughs> but well yeah because you don't tend to get uh tornadoes in new england or colorado well i'm in ohio though oh yeah, yes I you're see in what ohio you yeah. now yeah yes that's why it's new to you it is new to me yes the bear wind slapping again I'm not gonna finish that. Maybe I should have. But oh. I, just, I chickened out. I'm sorry. I, I, I was about I was about ready to provide some sound effects for that uh, bear wind. The bear wind slapping against my ball sack. That's what I was gonna say. 
<laughs> All right, let, get me out of here, Cole. What do we got? We got to get a story. All right, so something. yeah, this uh, this NA Rare Hog Meetup is something that Carolyn's putting together, and it's happening next Saturday, not this Saturday, but next Saturday in Port Perry, Ontario. And originally the idea was we'd be celebrating her most recent trip around the sun, and somehow it has spun out into being a hug story, rare encounter, no agenda meetup. Oh shit, who's coming? Yeah. So, obviously, obviously Carolyn is going, I'm going. Uh, we need to get... We need to get a picture of your face, and we need a picture of Fletcher's face so we can print those out and stick them on sticks. Okay, I think I mean, we can. We do already that. got. There's already the. There's already the PDFs of Sean uh, and Adam's faces. I'm gonna send you. I a need to get some. I need to get some big enough sticks for for sticking to the printouts. Too. I'm. I'm gonna get you a bunch of coasters. Uh, you please remind me after before we. Yes, I need to send you my mailing address for that. Yes. Well, this sounds awesome. Is there anyone else confirmed that? I don't know. Um, You're going to see who shows up. I, I'm i not sure if it's up on No Agenda Meetups yet. Port Perry, huh? NA Meetups have not posted yet, according to Carolyn. Okay. Well, that's great. I don't think I can make it, unfortunately. Uh, your country doesn't want me, so I'll have to stay here. Yeah, and, and I don't... And, and the border is a bit too wet to dig a tunnel under. Yes, unfortunately. There was a tunnel discovered uh, just the other day. Did you hear that story? And down by the southern American border. Oh, please, dude. They find they find a different tunnel between uh, Tijuana and uh, San Diego like every other week. This one, you I know. Swear, I swear, I swear, the... The CIA is digging them out, and as soon as they're done with them, they report them to the FBI themselves. I think they got a whole, they got like a whole scheme going on here to keep the contractors employed. I like to click around on Zillow and see what stuff looks like, and I think the tunnel pictures scratch that itch for me in a way. Uh, I love looking at them. Every time one shows up, I want to see, you know, they have rails. I want to see how it's constructed and all that stuff. It's uh, usually a lot of fun. Yeah. This one had a. This it, one, they are pretty cool seeing seeing like these tunnels and sometimes they're actually really well built, which is another reason why I think they're usually some sort of like government organized uh, scam. Hmm. Let's see. Um, we've got some news. I could do the behind the scans. You want to talk about scans? Yeah. Yeah. End of an era. The end of an era for scans. Scanofthemonth.com is what we're talking about. This is the uh, website which went to great lengths to disguise who they were and who is behind them. Um, where they, What they do is a series of CT scans of consumer electronics and everyday items like food packaging. And they'll post up little 3D... Um, little 3d graphics or rotating graphics of these uh different things and they usually have all the different parts id'd in different colors so you can see like hey here's an ipod we highlighted all the solder joints or whatever in one color and they over the series of these we've looked at i've noticed sometimes they fake the colors on it sometimes the color really is you know the reflectivity density of the circuit card or whatever is inside the iPod, and sometimes they just fake it to illustrate stuff. So I don't. The, this one I don't see any of that weird fakery anymore. It looks like it really is just the CT scan results. 
um, plotted for you, which I, which is great. I didn't like the uh, the fakery stuff, but as some people, longtime listeners will know, we've been tracking this website for a while and tracking. Uh, you know, we followed their mailing address and found out it was a mail forwarding company, and you know, trying to make good guesses at where the uh, who is behind the scans anyway. And the thesis that started it all was that there can't this isn't someone just doing this for for fun this is a product launch or this is a service launch or this is some kind of you know it's a publicity stunt that they're trying to use to promote a business but they didn't have the business name on it which made it really weird well the uh the kimono has parted as some people say and they actually they actually have uh disclosed who is behind the scans and it is a company that i've never heard of and I believe that's because it's brand new. Uh, this is yeah. L- Lumafield is the name of the company. And it says Lumafield is a company that was started by a team of engineers who have firsthand experience with trying to solve hard problems and being let down by the tools at hand. Lumafield is also a company that, well, in stealth mode, decided the technology they were building was just too dang cool to keep quiet about. And so that's their marketing <laughs> excuse for what they uh, what they were actually doing Uh which is, you know, promoting their company, trying to get runs in uh, in magazines that wouldn't have promoted them as hard had it, had it just been a regular ad. But enough about that. The uh, the scans are still cool, and uh, I'd like to click through this one real fast. I don't have a lot of commentary on this iPod one, but uh, I think you used to have an iPod, or maybe you still do. Um, no. No? You never had one? No, I am not an Apple person. Not not even close. I could tell you I spent my first paycheck on a uh, on an iPod. Some, the only so reason years I've ago. ever had Apple products in my home is because I've needed to maintain for work a mobile app that is available on iOS. And therefore, I had to have, out of necessity, a MacBook and an iPad. And that was, and that's it. It was not even my own. It was company property that was only here because I had no choice. Well, these, the story that these scans tell is still interesting, even if you never owned some of these devices, where they show, especially some little things like the CT scan of the battery is always interesting, where you can see the different layers of, uh, of uh, the different materials, and so the dielectric. Um, the uh, fluid that everything's packed in is like a really light shade of blue, but you can see, you know, the metal parts are uh, are like these layers, yeah. like a it's like a sandwich with five pieces of You can tell where the hard drive bread. is. Oh, you sure can. Um, you can even see all the little ball grids um, on the chips they put on. You can see, like, you know, the ball grid array underneath. I w- I kept calling it a land grid array in my head, but I I read the article. Yeah, that's yeah, that's grid. something different. Yep. Land grid array is not the same as a ball grid array. But this is still Although cool. I can understand lay people getting confused. So there's a couple. But you shouldn't be. Well, I know I should know better, but I was calling it the wrong thing. Um, they don't have the iPod shuffle, which is one that I wanted to see. And they don't have the iPod video, which is one that I used to own. So I'm a little let down by that. I really wanted to see the iPod video internals, but they gave the, let's see, the iPod classic, which is like a recreation of the, uh, the, uh, iPod video, except it has this weird, uh, the corners are all soft, you know, the, uh, 
the face is rounded in, instead of uh, this kind of more square one that the uh, that mine used to have or one of my iPods used to have. But man, I used to have Evangelion on that iPod video. That was so cool. I, I had uh, fan I had fan subs. I had AMVs on the thing. It was wild. And of course, podcasts. so you, so you're going you're going around and you're you're watching. You put on you put in your earphones. You plug them into the iPod and send coconut. Yeah, and then I watch another kid with uh, with his earphones in listening to music. As, as uh, people that look, so look, look at this normie scrub just listen to music, and I'm here watching Evangelion. I'm watching Evangelion AMVs, man. There's nothing cooler than that, right? <laughs> no, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really makes you popular. Let me tell you. Um, the bottom line is, it's cool to scroll through and look at. The commentary is kind of sparse compared to the earlier ones. I think the Game Boy Compendium. Uh, which was the first one, uh, maybe it was the second one they did, had some of the most interesting commentary in it, I think, and they've they've kind of slowed down in, with their details, technical details here, but... Oh, well, so it goes. So check yeah, that out. There'll be, a, there'll be a link in the show notes. You can go look at behind... <laughs> behind the skids. Scanofthemonth.com. Though I wish they released monthly, as the name implies. They didn't have one all last month, if I remember right. Yeah. Right. And they're saying they're saying they still should have one for May, except for the fact that the one for May is now the iPod Evolution because it says May twenty twenty two there. But you go to see all scans, scan 007 drops May twenty twenty two. I don't think so, Tim. Yep. No, they've done a couple of these. Uh, I'm on their mailing list, so I get the uh, I get the feedback from them, but they. They don't really say much in it anymore. It's a little annoying. But, oh, they do have the official mailing address, which is in Cambridge, by the way. Massachusetts? Yes, Cambridge, Massachusetts, yes. Okay, I should be because specific. there is Cambridge that's just as well known in England. Yes. Nope, this is uh, Cameron Avenue. So, yeah, they're, uh, I guess, MIT-related is my guess. Probably. There's, there's a bunch of these, uh, bunch of these little companies, spin-off things, you know? Anyway, for, for for what they're for what they're doing, they've definitely got MIT money behind them. Yeah. Well, hold on. I predicted that. That was one of my guesses at the beginning, and I said, "Wow, it's got to be like MIT Media Labs." That was one of my early guesses. And the reason That's that true, it was the reason that I um, I dismissed it was that I said, "Well, you know, if it was MIT Media Labs, they'd just be jizzing all over themselves. They'd have their names slapped on everything." And so yeah, so I, it's probably more like a more like physical sciences department. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'm sure there'll be more information. This is not the last issue of Behind the Scans, but it is. Yeah, when once they once they start releasing uh, uh, investor information as they get closer and closer to an IPO, <laughs> I thought you were going right? to say and more information about the founders comes to light. We'll find out, like. Most of them will be MIT grads. Maybe we can get scans of the founders. Maybe Ooh, we yeah. can do that, you know? We'll see. Well, then we'd be turning Japanese. <laughs> All right, you gotta... Because we'd be looking at them from inside as well. <sighs> okay, you gotta save me. Hit me with something. All right, let's go back to 1977. Woo! We're Today going. is a big anniversary because... 
This was this day in 1977 was the day that science fiction changed. Sci-fi. You know changed. why? Um, was it Star Wars release? Yes, it was Star Wars. Okay, got it. Okay, I didn't even look it up. I was just thinking. Yep. Yep. May 25, 1977. And then you know what else? Return of the Jedi was released six years later on the same day. Ah. Also May 25. Good old Blue Harvest on May 25. So it's also Blue Harvest yep. Day. Blue Harvest Day, sure. <laughs> Unofficial holiday. Another thing launched in 1977, though, and it's been sending weird signals lately. And that was Voyager 1. Yes, Veeger. Yeah, Veeger. So, as you know, uh, both the Voyager probes have gone beyond the heliosheath and are in interstellar space at this point. And we're still getting, we're still getting signals from them, letting us know just what it's like outside of the protective cloud produced by our sun. Mm. And something something's a little fishy with Voyager 1, because despite the fact that the signal, even with its, like, over 20-hour delay, is as strong as ever, the telemetry it's sending back suggests that it isn't. The telemetry... Because, you know, the the uh, communications array on it has to be facing Earth in order in order for us to get its signals or send it signals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, well, based on, based on the telemetry data that Voyager 1 is sending, it's not pointed at Earth. And yet, the signal is just as good as ever. So the scientists at NASA are wondering, like, why why is the a attitude articulation control system saying that the spacecraft is pointed in a way that the antenna isn't pointed at Earth? Hmm. Maybe it's pointed at one of those uh, flying saucers that's bouncing off the rim of it. Maybe, maybe, as some conspiracy theorists might suggest, it's never left Earth in the first place. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. You know, have you yeah. ever have you ever been to space and seen it? Neither have I. No, I can't say that I have. <laughs> oh man, no, that's kind of you know the fact that but you yeah. I mean, this. I mean, if if the if the if the guys doing spacewalks at the ISS are coming back with water in their helmets because uh, because the whole thing is stuck in a huge pool, right? What's to say that? What's to say that the Voyager probes have ever actually left Earth? They could just be in, like, some cave under Sudbury, right? Sending back fake data. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... To me, the fact that, you, uh, that you're receiving the signal kind of tells you what direction the dish is pointed, right? The, uh... Mm -hmm. The telemetry is obviously the thing at fault here. I don't, I don't think there's any question. No, but I do I do like I do like uh trying out these conspiracy theories for a chuckle. I'm I'm getting kind of cold on not I'm not bitching at you or anything. It's just in general the some of the uh being stupid on purpose or disingenuous on purpose stuff has uh, gotten to me in the last couple of years, so there's too much of it going around, I guess. It's not fun anymore. I think for me it's still it's still it's still topical. It depends on like it depends on like what the subject is and how 
off the wall the the bullshit is, it can be it can be pretty damn funny. Yeah, I'll I give you still. I'll give you that if it's creative. Yeah, it's got to be creative. It can't it can't be like, oh, this guy's just like rehashing this previous bit of nonsense with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah. You know, I used to watch YouTube and I would watch three different guys who all thought they were Jesus Christ. It was pretty fun, actually. I mean, some of them were kind of interesting to talk to, but, you know, they can't all be right is what I used to say about it. But Sure they can. Yeah. Open your mind, man. <laughs> Oh, man. So we've got this. Uh, what are they going to do with the probe? Anything with uh, Voyager? What's its? Uh, what are they going to well, do with it? They, they're not sure yet. I mean, at, 40, at 45 years old, it's definitely, it's definitely lasted a lot longer than anyone expected it would. <laughs> and while the signal's still good, like you said, that suggests that the telemetry is off, and they might just... They might just adapt by taking the weird the weird data and transforming it based on what it should be to to figure out like what the actual like what the actual stuff is picking up, like when it's saying something's off in one direction, what that actual direction is. Hmm. That's fun. I like the this the idea that we're still supporting these things so many decades later. It's still working. It's, I love it's it. It's pretty damn awesome. Yeah, that uh, that generations at this point have gone by since this thing was launched, and it's still providing interesting data back to us about space. Hmm. Well, you know the the fact that the antenna is still working. I mean that that helps, but the 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 explanation. You know, it's getting really really far out there, but the uh, maybe here's a little fact about propagation for people is that you lose 3 dB of signal if it's a one-way path. You only lose 3 dB of spreading loss when you double your distance. So from where it is now, depending on, you know, there's a certain minimum signal you need to be able to receive, right? I don't know how high above that threshold we are. But the uh, to you would have to go another 40 years to drop it even just 3 dB from where it is now. So if there's a little bit of margin, you know, this thing can be running for a long time. Uh, so long as, you know, I think, the I battery think keeps then, up and... Yeah, I think yeah, I think by then the power source will be dead. I mean, at this at this point, at this point, like pretty much everything that can be shut off has been to to reduce the power drain on yes. it, right? So essentially, essentially, some instruments are are still running. The communication system and the AACS are still running because. Without those last two running, uh, there's no communicating with it. And without any instruments, like the scientific instruments running, there's no point in communicating with it. Right. But yeah, everything, everything is essentially on backups. And if we want, if we want, if we want science on this stuff further, the, uh, the best idea is to make a purpose, like a, a probe that's purposely designed for exploring interstellar space, right? And figure out the best way of gravity boosting it out of the solar system. Boost. Because because think about it, like both Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 were intended to do like planetary flybys. 
that they that they are able to continue to send data as they've left the solar system essentially and gone into interstellar space, right? Has just been has just been like icing on the cake. Yeah. But to do but to do an actual to do an actual like purposeful study, they the probe could be sent on a much uh, a much faster course than either of the Voyager probes used, and uh, and be purposely designed for that for that mission, which would mean like bigger and uh, longer lasting uh, nuclear power pack, right? Better radiation hardening for the instruments. Because apparently the radiation out there is a lot more than it is in the solar system. Yeah, there's... I don't know. I, I kind of want to sh shift gears here and go uh, from all the way outer space. to I want to go to the bottom of the ocean, if you'll uh, indulge me. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about... I will indulge you. Let's have that change of topic. I want to talk about scallops and uh, a, a new technique for uh, catching scallops, which was Saturday night scallops, Saturday night scallops. This is move, move over disco duck. This is scallops. Love disco is the name of the story. And this is the quote unquote accidental discovery that scallops love disco lights. Uh, disco leads to new fishing technique. And uh, this is some fishermen, uh, which I think they were actually re led by uh, its marine scientist. I have his name, not Dr. Rob Envar and his team at a uh, we're trying to put lights on the different traps to catch lobsters. Uh, they called them pot lights to um, bait crab is what they described. So I guess they put it on the lobster trap to bait the crab, I guess, to get whatever. But what they found out is when they set them up, they actually had a uh, bunch of scallops would run into them. And they kept trying it, and they discovered uh, that the LED lights were attracting scallops all over the place. And so the descri description is, it's like a scallop disco. You illuminate the trap, and they come in. It's astonishing that no one has discovered this before. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. I just love the story. They have these little yeah, pot it lights. Gives a, it gives uh, it gives uh, dredging style fishery uh, results, but with the with the lack of environmental damage of of diving for scallops or dredging the bottom of the sea for scallops. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that dredging is is how they tend to get scallops at. Uh, at quantities for the markets and stuff because because scuba diving for them takes too long and you don't get as many i like the picture of the uh the lamp it's like a plastic it looks like a transparent um like film canister and it just has a duracell you can see a duracell battery inside maybe i think there's two duracell batteries like double a's and presumably that's what powers the uh the led and it's all this little self-contained thing that pops together and they tie it to the trap and that's it. Looks really cool. Yeah. So yeah, uh, scallops, according to this, have up to 200 eyes. That's up to, so they might not have 200 eyes. <laughs> they have variable numbers of eyes, I suppose. And uh, on their mantle, and exactly what the mantle of a scallop is, I'm not sure, but also along the inner edges of their shell openings. That is the mantle. That is the mantle. Yeah, the mantle. The mantle is the 
is the flesh that goes along the edge of the shell. Okay. Well, uh, that was that was the scallop disco story uh, as we're doing ag- ag- the uh, the fishing uh, stuff. I think we should jump in and do uh, some potato news. Yeah, while we're while we're on the topic of foods, we might we might as well continue with what we need is a few good taters. It's potato news on rare encounter. Potatoes. <laughs> All right, so we got potato news on rare encounter. We've got a little update I wanted to uh, bring to the fore. We've talked about this story before, which is the export of fresh potatoes to Mexico. Uh, which was recently negotiated for a long time that was actually forbidden. The um, the deal went into place, and according to uh, potatonewstoday.com, uh, it's over been over 25 years between uh, when we could last export um, potatoes, to, fresh potatoes, to Mexico. And uh, anyway, this is coming up, and Colorado is... Looking at the uh, this as a great opportunity, and so there's a little quote from uh, Governor Jared Polis, who was actually the governor when I was still in Colorado. He says Colorado is strategically positioned to lead the nation in potato exports to Mexico, providing new revenue for Colorado potato farmers. Governor Jared Polis said, uh, "You know, you know, when I think of potato places, Colorado has never come to mind." Yeah, same here. I can't think of any potato farm I've seen in Colorado. Now, there's a lot of beef. Uh, there's a lot of other things getting grown out there, but I can't think of a single potato farm. But yeah, apparently the San Luis Valley, according to uh, for, according to the photo description on this article, is a hotbed of potato activity. Yes, the hotbed and of potatoes. Colorado is one of the nation's top potato-producing states. News to me... News to me also. Um, the, and you lived there. <laughs> I lived there. You know, I just didn't see any. I, I actually met a Canadian the other day hanging out in uh, hanging out in Ohio. And she had been, uh, of all things, uh, at a potato farm in Canada. Oh. And she was talking about what they would do. They had a thing called the potato scramble. Have you ever heard of a potato scramble? I have not heard of the potato scramble. So this is what what would happen. The way they harvested potatoes, and I think this was in Manitoba, if I remember correctly. Um, they would come through with the the machine and pick out... Well, first what they do is they uh, go over and spray a defoliage uh, agent on that would kill all the leaves. And then they go down the rows with the machine and they pull all the potatoes out of the ground or all the ones that they could catch. But then what they had after that was there was still a, it's an incomplete harvest at that point. And so all of the local charities like the church would have the potato scramble and you could go out and everyone would go out in the field and find all the missed potatoes, the potatoes that escaped harvest by the machinery and they ah. would get donated. And so that was a community event that they, uh, that they would have. Okay. Yep. Now, Seeing that this wasn't in that article, tell me about this picture of the young lady posing sexy and tossing a potato at the camera. Yes, the potato lady. Uh, That was from a boring article, but I like the picture, so I stole it. She is, uh, the article was about a 3 million euro um, 
fund of fund three million euros of funding that were gonna, was going to go to uh, Ireland, and it was announced at the World Potato Forum. Uh, we mentioned that last week where they actually held it in Ireland for seed potatoes to displace the. Um, there, they used to have a lot of seed potatoes would come from the UK, but the European Union decided that they don't want those anymore, I guess. I'm paraphrasing the whole article. I'm reciting it from memory here. But the the idea of it was they were going to have Irish, uh, which I, yeah, uh, seed potatoes were going to provide the, uh, make up the difference here. And, and the way they were going to get that there was with this uh, 3 million euro uh, funding. But anyway, the article had had a picture of a of a lady with a uh, she's she's fully dressed. There's uh, there's nothing funny going on, but she is definitely reclining on a pile of potatoes and smiling for the camera. And it's a wonderful sight. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, she is. She's definitely she's definitely posing. She may have she may be fully dressed, but she is definitely posing in a somewhat provocative manner. Let's say that and she's, the way she's tossing the way she's tossing that potato is just sinful. Let's, let's say that she hasn't been peeled yet. Hello! Oh, but she is appealing. Okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> this, <laughs> we, I, there should be no points for that one. That was just bad. Okay. Um, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> we have another story, which is the potato, uh, potato virus sniffing dog. Oh? This is oh? a... Nose Nose Scouting is the name of the group here, and they have dogs trained to sniff out potato viruses. And yeah. uh, do you see the picture in the show notes? I want to get this out for, actually, I want to no, link the show. No, because that wasn't in the show notes last time I refreshed, so yeah. I'm refreshing again to see it. It was the, the story I mentioned that got swallowed by the revision system. I just posted in Rare Encounter chat, so you can click it if you don't see it. But this is a... Yeah, it's like a, the picture. It's like, it's like the... It's like the p bags of potatoes that are laid out like the body bags at a uh, at a mass casualty event, and the, the dog is sniffing one of them. The uh, well, it's not using that reference. Uh, the the um, dog is definitely sniffing those potato bags. Let me tell you, the idea is that they're training dogs to sniff out potato virus. Why? What is potato virus? Why you ask? I'll tell you. I don't know. But in the field, the dogs can detect infected plants that are four inches to six inches tall, up to 60 feet away. That's the claim. And I'm not sure. This dog looks like it's got his nose right up in the potato. So I don't know about the 60 feet away business, but the... Uh... It probably works better the closer you are, but you can still, like, better than 50-50 chance at 60 feet. Yes. They can identify the virus in small amounts, so they don't have to core it, is what they say. Among the diseases that could be in the future for the company are nematodes, potato wart, and powdery scab. So, oh, that last one sounds disgusting. That sounds like the worst drink you could order at the bar. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like what you get the morning after. <laughs> if you go home... Yeah, yeah, person. that's what... Yeah, yeah if you... If you yeah, the uh, powdery scab is what you find the morning after you sleep with a loose potato. With a loose potato, man. Hey, Doc. Hey, Doc, <laughs> you gotta help me. Look at this scab. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the, the the VD of potatoes. Yes, well, it's uh, this is potato virus Y, which doesn't sound very good anyway. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound. 
good either. I wish uh, I, we should follow up on this and find out what potato virus Y is. Does anyone in the chat have that? No, I don't think so. Anyway, that's the conclusion of my potato news. Do you have anything to add, or are we closing the segment? No, I don't have anything to add. All right, that's potato. You brought all the potato news this week. Potato news on Rare Encounter. There you go. Okay, you want to do some bullshit? I got some bullshit. Or you can Uh, take a story. I don't know. What what do you want to do? Bullshit. Hold on a second. You got some bullshit? Yeah, I've always got some bullshit. (laughs) Hit me with some bullshit. Ah, uh, the 10 weirdest junk items of all time. Okay. And this is, this is kind of, this is kind of what led into me getting onto annoying commercials, actually, because I was, I read an article today that was saying that with people getting older, these junk removal companies are are becoming busier and busier and might be a good investment target. And this ended up leading me to the 1-800-GOT-JUNK website and brought me to an article on weird junk called the 10 weirdest junk items of all time. Okay. And let's go through them. All right. So at number 10, from Brisbane, Australia, mannequin torsos. Now that's and a, that's a man mannequin these, torso. These torsos are ripped. This is these, these are these are like these are like Giga Chad mannequins. <laughs> these are, you know, if you sold if you had a clothing store for nudists, so there really weren't any clothes there, you could put these mannequins up and they'd be just fine. They look great. Uh, I, I, I would suggest I would suggest that if you use these mannequins, you probably should at least still put a speedo on them. Uh, it's just, it's all, it's all, uh, flat down there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what she said. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's got the Ken doll. It's yeah. Schwarzenegger at up number, top, Ken yeah. at the bottom. You want to read number nine? Number nine is a horse slash giraffe sculpture in Tucson, Arizona. And this looks like a tetanus machine. Uh, this is a creature from Final Fantasy is what it looks like uh, on the, the, uh, one of, maybe no, like this, an iron this factory. No, this isn't from, this is this wouldn't be from Final Fantasy. This would be from, like, the cheap Chinese ripoff <laughs> Last Adventure. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> Is it a horse? Is it a giraffe? We don't know. <laughs> Come take it. We don't want it anymore. Uh, the Tucson West franchise wasn't horsing around when they found this hybrid aminal, aminal sculpture. In aminal. 20, the aminal sculpture in 2016. But what about <laughs> the aminals? All right. Yeah, hit me with number eight. Uh, number eight. Yeah, number eight from... Boulder, Colorado, the lipstick carousel from a lipstick carousel music box from Italy that was found in 2019 in Boulder, Colorado. And Huh. Is that the sound it makes? Yeah. And hmm. like it opens up to the music and under the inside that middle part, like these panels, right? On the inside of the panels is like a... It's like a silver lipstick holder. Hmm. You put you put your like tube of lipstick if you had a tube of lipstick. I mean, we're guys, and I don't see it, either of us using lipstick. I mean, 
Well, I don't you know. never you know. Could, you could. I'm not going to hold... I, I mean, like... It, I mean, like, it's a modern age and stuff. I'm not going to hold it against you, right? <laughs> but, yeah, the lipstick goes inside. And it's doing that little music box stuff. Oh, man. These are great for rainbow parties. All right, number seven, Big Bone in Tampa, Florida. Oh, no, looks like Clifford lost his bone. And this is a giant bone. It is a... Is it made out of metal? It does Probably. not quite say. It looks like it's a big metal bone. <laughs> Uh, with it some fills up it. most of the box of the of the truck too. Yes, the big bone. You know, that's speaking of game ripoffs. It's, there's got to be a Metal Gear Solid ripoff. <laughs> Maybe it's the Metal Gear Solid Porto where it's like big bone. <laughs> it's in a big boss, you know. <laughs> metal Metal Gear Metal, metal Gear, Gear Solid Six. Metal Gear, big bone. Metal Gear Solid sixty nine. <laughs> Snakes. <Hi-oh>. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, hit me, hit me with number six. Number six, and number six from Ottawa, Ontario, the giant tomato, and it looks like it was split uh, horizontally through the middle, which is probably why it was getting tossed. Hmm. Apparently, and actually, yes, the, it's this is true. Uh, the the tomato capital of Canada is in Ontario, but not anywhere near Ottawa. It's in uh, southwest Ontario and was home to a huge Heinz factory until 2014. And more recently, said factory has reopened for a Canadian brand to produce ketchup instead. Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, this is... I don't know. Usually, here's my tip for tomatoes, is you have to core the tomato before you start slicing it, and these guys didn't do it. That's probably why it's junk. You don't, necessi- you don't necessarily have to core it, but you definitely have to cut out the uh, the part where the stem attaches. I mean, the, that stem looks like a beast in itself, you know? Yeah, that, that stem looks like it'll pick a fight with you. It looks like a finger with a big green fingernail sticking out of it. You touch me! Woo! More like a claw! All right. That's less less a nail and more a claw. The claw. The claw chooses who goes and who stays. All right. Number five. Hey, speaking of toys, number five is a toy spaceship from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our Fredericksburg. Now, I recognize recognize that supposed spaceship. It is not a spaceship. No, it's not at all. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Luke's cruiser. The land speeder, come on. Yeah, the land speeder. Uh, yes. Oh, well, you know, maybe the guy sold it. He was never coming back to this planet again, so it's, he, don't worry yeah, about he, it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's gone, he's gone off, he's gone off to Alderaan. Yeah, ah, uh, well. The X-34, I believe, is the, uh, the proper title for that one. Yep. All now, right. number four is, uh, is my favorite of the whole bunch. <laughs> From the Twin Cities, Minnesota, a donut in a sombrero. Ay caramba. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is this? It's a donut wearing a sombrero. So, okay. And the the donut, I have to mention, has big eyes and a big black Mexican mustache. So, so it has jimmies on it. And I thought it had jimmies and sprinkles, but now I think it has jimmies and hair. <laughs> I think those are <laughs> follicles sticking out of it, sticking out of the sauce on top. Could be. God. He does have that big mustache. The big old mustache, man. 
Hey. And yeah, those eyes, those eyes are something. He should get that checked out. If your eyes are bulging that much, <laughs> you probably you probably got like like a terminal case of Graves' disease. He looks like Mr. Krabs, except he's Mr. Donut. He does. He does. <laughs> if Mr. If Mr. Krabs was a, a donut with a sombrero. If Mr. Krabs was a Mexican donut, this is what he'd look like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, senorita, you ever see a donut? You want a donut? I can't do it. Okay. Number three, hey. You're going to have to play that after the show now. (laughs) I'm going to play it after the show. Mama, me, what do you want to? Everyone's favorite song. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, we have a giant guitar that you can plingo on your guitar with this giant guitar. Look at what caused some huge hits in its day. For a little perspective, our truck boxes are 10 feet long, and this guitar surpasses it, says 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And it is a giant, um, it looks like it's supposed to be a six-string guitar, but it's only got five tuner pegs, so you gotta wonder about that. But they It might have lost one of the pegs. Now, what I've got, what I've got to wonder is with a box that size, like, uh, what will your strings have to be like to get the regular, like treble lines of a regular acoustic guitar uh you're talking about the tension on them yeah or or like the thickness of them too uh yeah the the important parts are the um mass per unit length and the i think just the tension on them sets it and so yeah you could work it out there is a solution uh the question is does the string break before you hit the note you want to hit? That's the main question. <laughs> or is it too loose and floppy to be workable to be, you know, when you hit the note you want to hit? So I don't know. Or with regular guitar strings, what do you think it would sound like with a box that big? With a box that big, uh, it would probably sound bad. That's my guess. And the yeah, reason probably the reason is that the most of the pleasant sounds of the guitar come from the shape of the faceplate on it. So the um strings vibrate and they're sort of like a one-dimensional vibrating system but the um the pegs actually couple the end of the string into the faceplate what's happening is that the the force on that peg is continually varying and it actually puts little um little flexures in the faceplate that resonate that, that are at the same frequency as the the string and more so than the whole you know it's actually the whole front plate is uh is what ends up vibrating and makes makes that sound sound good so that's like when so, you're so it's so it's not it's not the box in the hole at, that's as important it's important as as what's as what you're strumming around it it's important but if you look at something like a violin uh i'm stepping on fletcher's toes i know with this one we need to get him back on the show and talk about instruments but the like the f holes on the front are which are little the f holes cu- they're called the f holes we've been over this okay they're called f holes you don't have to say anymore the um the shape and size of them has uh, a strong effect on what the sound the quality of the sound from the violin is to the point where when they're cutting the face plates they actually have to keep testing them uh when they're designing a new one and they'll Ooh. they'll tap the idea is you hold it and you tap on the faceplate and you try and hear the resonance of it and i i realize now faceplate's the wrong word but you know what i mean with yeah. a box that <laughs> i'm just reading card says with a box that big it's gotta be f-holes <laughs> okay you're up with number two yeah. number two from calgary alberta and they're they believe from the military museums of calgary 
is a tank replica. Now, I'm looking at this, first of all, if it was a tank replica, you'd expect it would have replica treads instead of replica tires. Mm-hmm. And second of, second of all, it looks like it was carved out of a huge block of styrofoam. Yeah, EPS. That's not much of a replica. It's, uh, it's interesting in the fact it looks like... Um, it kind of looks like if you were going to play in a real-time strategy game and the textures didn't load... <laughs> This is this is what your tanks would look like. In the <laughs> yeah, game. yeah. That well, that or if like it was covered in like black and purple squares all over. Maybe we could cover it with those disco lights and have a disco tank. We'll get all the disco scouts. tank. That would be awesome. Well, yeah, you know. Well, we're not we're we're not going to shoot them with shells. We're going to shoot them with the disco balls. <laughs> Take that, you square! <laughs> Suck my bell bottom. All right, you know, disco stews, gun, military. <laughs> we've got a uh, we've got a situation yeah, here. Number one, well, number wait, one. I was dwelling on the tank. Oh, okay. Oh, okay I'll do what? it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Hold I'm, on. Well, you wanted to say something about the tank. Never mind. I'll I'll get to it later. Okay, number uh. one from Atlanta, Georgia. Drum roll, please. Pew. A goat. The goat. Good job. That's my best goat sound. <laughs> this, and there it is. The goat is the greatest of all time for weird junk items found by our Atlanta Northeast franchise in 2017. It's clear that this furry friend really loves to kid around. Get it, kid? <laughs> so this this goat, this goat, it while it's not an actual, like, living, breathing goat, it's a... Uh, it's a it's a goat figure, but it's wearing a leather jacket and jeans, and it's got like this it's got like this annoying zoomer hairstyle and teal hooves. Yes, it it has painted hooves, but no matching lipstick. Oh, the disappointment! Disappointment! Amateur mistake. You kind of put lipstick on the goat. Yeah, <laughs> lipstick on a goat. And we know even more important than on a pig. They we know they have that carousel too, so that goat could be at the rainbow party too. Okay, um, that was a great side quest. I loved it. Yeah, there's a lot of fun going through that list, wasn't it? Starting, at, we, got, we got to do these list articles more often. Yes, the listicles. Check out my listicle, baby. They have. Uh, oh. It's we've gone a long way from hating on when he under got junk to cribbing all of their content. <laughs> Okay, Okay, let's get this straight. I don't hate 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I just hate their overly cheery commercials. Who are you going to call? 1-800-GOT-JUNK. That's who you're going to (sighs) call. Okay, (laughs) moving on. Um, I've got some some more annoying stuff. Is is this the Twitch shit? Uh, I'm just going to start with Seth Green. Oh, yeah, that's that's actual... (laughs) They, That's actual shit. Let's let's get a, let's make this really short. I don't want to talk about this too much, but this is a story that's been circulating. It's bullshit. Story, a quote unquote yeah, story. Like, like yeah. So the here, what, what did you say in your notes? Yeah, obvious promotion for his shitty show. Yes. So somehow, so Seth Green is the unfortunate owner of a bored ape uh, from the 
Board Ape Yacht No, he Club. isn't. Well, he was. Ex-owner. The ex-owner because somebody, quote unquote, stole it from him. And there were some articles <laughs> about it. And, oh, it was, uh, I think they described it as a fishing attempt. So I guess Seth Green fell for some stupid email, allegedly. And the, I think the tell here is that they were going to use this NFT inside some new show, which I don't know the name of. And even if I did, I wouldn't say it because I don't want to promote it any more than I already am. But oh, it says it in the it says it in the BuzzFeed article. So White Horse Tavern, and I bet you it has nothing to do with White Horse. You mean the city in? It probably doesn't now, even have anything to do with Yellowknife, Alberta, or am I off? Is that uh, it's not in Alberta? Where the hell? I know those are both Canadian cities. You're, you're off. It's not even in a province. One of them is way up in the middle of nowhere. I know that. Um, Yellowknife. Uh, both White Horse and Yellowknife are both up in the middle of nowhere. That's not. I couldn't tell but you. Yeah, what White it is. Horse is in Yukon. Okay. It's the capital, in fact, of Yukon. I knew it was one one of those territories to the uh, to the west. I didn't know which one. And then where is um the not, Yellowknife? We've talked about this. is in Northwest Territories. That's uh, way which, out there. Which is not, it's which is not actually west when you think about it. Interesting, because it's got Yukon to the west of it. Yep, and most of it is actually southeast of Yukon. I know it's it's confusing. <laughs> All right, uh, this is Canadian <laughs> geography here. So anyway, this uh, this story from BuzzFeed, which is circulating, that the NFT has been stolen by someone, and the guy says he's not going to give it back. It even though they're going to use it for some kind of show on TV, and who cares? But my analysis of this story is this is like a fake. Uh, it was fake stolen. It doesn't really get stolen. It's got, it, they got a guy, they put out the promotions. Oh, my, my ape was kidnapped. My apes are gone. You know, that kind of bullshit. And they're just using it to promote this thing because they're getting all this press that they wouldn't get, uh, you know, free publicity uh, by making it about his stupid ape. So I guess good on him for being a little smart about it, but it's still like dumb that we have to put up with this so-called news. Yeah. Yeah, some, something, something, something that everybody who wants to buy an NFT has to remember. As, as much as you think you, as you own it, all it takes is one right click. One right click, one save as, and you're done. Well, there was an interesting story about M NFTs uh, yep. in TV. Um, and now I'm spacing on what the name of the thing was, but it was a game show where they were selling NFTs for the right I, to make I, reality okay, shows so, decisions. Have you heard of this? Okay, so BuzzFeed BuzzFeed has comments. I did not realize this before, and I would expect comments to be horrible, but I love this top comment that is on this article. <laughs> it is seven simple words... By somebody who goes by the name Cavabuggy, and Cavabuggy said, I didn't understand anything in this article. Ah, ah, good job. Yeah, it's just about right. <laughs> it's just <laughs> dumb, you know. But there was, uh, what I was getting at is there was some news of some reality show, I don't remember the name of that, where they were going to have uh, NFTs issued for the rights to vote 
almost like, you know, survivor, you know, you vote big brother, whatever, you vote people in and out. But they're going to let the public vote and the voting rights are basically the NFTs. It's almost like having a share in the show. And there's other bonus things like uh, there's one, which is the super one where you can make decisions, you know, and, uh, whatever. But they're also issuing NFTs that if you buy, you get producer credits. Whoever holds it gets the producer credit. I suppose when the episode airs, I'm not sure how you change that uh, post uh, airing, but whatever. Okay, now that that seems that seems that seems absolutely ridiculous. If anything, only the first person who buys it should get the credit, because anybody who buys it off of them isn't actually contributing to the show. They're contributing to the person who contributed to the show. You're sounding a lot like GameStop, actually. I'm going to have to ask you to stop. I'm going to ask you a GameStop with that analysis. That's that's the kind of thing they say about uh, the used game market. Well, it doesn't really count. You know, we didn't Typical. get any money. We didn't get any money. It doesn't count. Where's Bemrose? Bemrose has something to say about that kind of stuff. The right yeah, of, you know, uh, you know what Bemrose has to say about NFTs and all this stuff? The right of first he, sale? All he has to say about it is that it sucks. <laughs> and right. that's terrible. Angry Tech News, of course, is produced and recorded by Ryan Bemrose. And they had Angry Tech News, episode 34, quarterly incomprehensible. And I think we mentioned that on the last episode, too. So let me scroll down. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. So there's the... You can go listen to it again. It was that good. The Hog Stories. Hog Story with Carolyn Blaney and John Fletcher. Had their episode 294 entitled Your Booty. Uh, my booty? Your booty. Not my booty. Oh my. Your booty. Uh, Behind the Schemes had episode 98. And that was entitled T-A-R-P-A. I don't know what that stands for. I did not get to that episode. Uh, oh, finally, Bowl After Bowl had an episode uh, 163, The Boss Battle. And I'm uh, partway through that one. The... Uh, Interesting stories on that one about uh, Spencer and his pants and all kinds of interesting things expect, going on. Uh, I would expect uh, more stories about Spencer and his pants more in six weeks when they have episode 169. <laughs> now, this was about Spencer and his pants and another person's uh, fluids on them. So you've got to listen to Bowl After Bowl to hear the uh, the rundown there. Oh, my. Um, I'm working with him to get an able craft put together. This has been way too long between every time we schedule a time either i can't make it or he can't make it <laughs> so i've been going on way too long without one of these yeah we, it's been a while it's been a while since the last one there's been so much crap that's gotten in the way it's actually kind of funny uh but we're gonna try again soon and uh we'll see what happens we're, we're well overdue if nothing else i'm gonna call his phone and record it even if he just says hello and we'll release it so we'll see what happens. <laughs> just just a, just a voice call recorded on your side and then you just post it like five minutes later no editing or anything just up it goes uh, up it They're goes done. yep um, let's see. I got one more throwaway or we could do your story instead. I think we should do one of your things if you want to wrap it up. I only have one other thing and it's even nerdier than me talking about space because it's talking about internet history. So honestly, I'd rather just scratch it. Okay. Well, I've got two things. Uh, this is the first thing is this. I called this segment bird shit because it is the, uh, screenshots from Twitter department. The first one is from a Twitter user. Uh, who is taking a photograph of a house with misaligned and mis 
designed windows. Uh, that is, they, they don't even fall in a line. They're all different aspect ratios. It's a very odd-looking design. Uh, it, and, of course, this house also has one of my favorite features in homes, which is doors that are not on the ground floor, like doors that open into the middle of nothing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this uh, Twitter user who goes by Lil Bit says, Someone tried formatting these windows in a Word doc. <laughs> and that spoke to me. It, it definitely has that look to it. Uh, especially if anyone's done tables in a Word document, you know what it, you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> the worst. It's like a punishment, you know. They send you to prison. Jesus you have to Christ! Do. Yes, it it is it is suffering. You've got Word two thousand three, and you've got to make a table inside another table. Good luck. <laughs> when you figure yeah, it out, you're yeah. released from jail. <laughs> death is death is kinder. Yes. Um. And the last one is this really stupid comment on a ceiling. And Can I read it, please? Yeah, go ahead. When I get this feeling, I need hexual ceiling. Hexual ceiling, yeah. Nailed it. Yes, you get Good job. one of those. This is a commentary on a ceiling, and the ceiling tiles are a hexagonal lattice. It's dumb. Okay, I'm done. All right, do you want to do boost, uh, boostograms at the end of the show? Hold on, I just got one thing because also after, we we did get. Oh, the, I mean, uh, like chances are we'll we'll end up using it, but uh, I had to write it down as a possible oh, possible title. Don't worry, I stopped it. <laughs> okay, good. So we did get one. We did get one during the show from Carolyn Blaney. The former executive producer let's let's call her associate executive producer <laughs> for tonight because she tried the okay near, she tried nearly executive producer yeah <laughs> and she replies with f holes equals fun holes because with a box that big with a box that big it has to be fun uh thank you carolyn oh lord we have too much fun on this show um but every week we'll be back, and on Wednesday, I'll be on travel again, just so you know. Oh, uh, no. Maybe. But I'm going to bring the whole rig. episode 100? I'll, I'll bring the whole rig. It's it's going to happen. It's not going to be like last time. And until okay, next good. time, I've been able to. And I've got, that, I've got those three things to read, too. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman, but she laid down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me? She was it's dumb. Okay, I'm done.